following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Today we have as our guest Morton Blackwell with the Leadership Institute, a group that trains young conservative leaders based in Arlington, Virginia. And here's our host, Tom Dupree. Thanks, Elizabeth. We have on the phone with us uh, Morton Blackwell. And Morton, uh, thank you for doing the Tom Dupree show. I really appreciate it. My real pleasure to be with you. Um, Morton, let's talk a little bit about the Leadership Institute and how it got started and and, and about your uh, – your career having a Kentucky uh, <laughs> sort of origin to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll be, I'll be happy to share about my leadership institute. You can imagine it's one of my favorite topics. Yes. But it really did start uh, in Kentucky in 1967. At the time, I was executive director of the National College Republicans, and I did some field work in the early summer uh, helping out forming college Republican clubs uh, in in Kentucky. And I had been involved in organizing students for a long time. That's how I got to be national executive director of the college Republicans. And I took some time, and I drew up a plan for – what I called a mass-based youth effort for Louis Nunn, who was the Republican nominee for governor in 1967 in Kentucky. Uh, And I gave it to the college Republican state chairman, a guy named Eric Carnes, who was a student at the University of Kentucky, and suggested that they do this activity in the fall campaign. Uh, And the idea was to run canvases of all the student bodies and treat a campus like a a county Republican party might uh, treat the precincts where you'd have a floor leader on every dormitory floor analogous to a precinct captain. And that floor leader would canvas all of the fellow students on the floor, find out who were supporting our candidate, make sure they got registered to vote, got them to vote absentee if that were possible, and and then found those supporters and integrated them into the overall gubernatorial campaign. And Eric Carnes liked the plan so much, he called my boss, the uh, national chairman of the college Republicans, and said, I want you to assign Morton to spend the rest of this uh, year working in Kentucky. And my boss said, look, he's my one staffer and he's 
responsible across the country and I don't have much money and I can't pay him to do that. So, so he said, well, what if we could make arrangements for him to stay here? Uh, and my boss said, well, if he would be willing to do that, I'll give him a leave of absence. Really? So they came in, they offered me a great deal, Tom. They said, Morton, we can't pay you any salary, right. but we, we can uh, pay your expenses. So if you're willing to stay here and work just for expenses, we'll get you a room in the old YMCA uh, in, in Louisville, which is a block away from the state campaign headquarters, and we'll pay for your living in the YMCA, and and we'll reimburse you for your uh, gas expenses in your car, and we'll reimburse you for your meals as long as you don't eat in a restaurant any more expensive than McDonald's. <laughs> you be, be willing to do that. So, and I, I was so enthusiastic about being able to put together this plan I had designed. I said, absolutely, I'll do it. So I stayed in Kentucky and, and ran the youth effort for, for Louis Nunn, and we actually did canvas most of the college students in Kentucky uh, using college Republicans as a vehicle and processed thousands and thousands of new voter registrations, thousands of absentee ballots, and we produced thousands of volunteers for Louis Nunn's campaign. And you may remember he was running behind in all the polls. He had been the nominee four years earlier and had come close but lost he was behind in the polls but he was inching forward and he wound up winning with 51 percent of the vote uh, i don't go. remember because i was 11 years old but i'll take your word for it um well, well governor nunn invited me to stay in kentucky and get a job in his um administration and I said governor what I really want to do is go back and put together a school yeah. to teach others to do uh, for other good conservative candidates what I was able to do for you and I would ask you governor on occasion would you be willing to call a candidate or a campaign manager and give them some testimony about what a youth effort might do so I could persuade them to do a a mass-based youth effort there, and he, the governor Nunn agreed to it, and he did that while he was governor, and for years thereafter, he, he died, I think, 2004, two weeks before his death, Louis Nunn came to a, a school I was conducting in Kentucky and uh, and addressed the, the, the students that I was training. He was a great guy, turned out to be a strong Reagan Republican. So... What you were doing at that time, is it fair to say nobody had done this before? Absolutely. Nobody had ever done it before, uh, before uh, Republicans or Democrat candidates. Okay, so, so you took basically the uh, efforts that you were making back in the late 60s, and you have turned it into uh, – a leadership institute that basically still employs uh, these kind of organizing techniques 
and you train people to do this all over the country. Absolutely. And for years, I just did this school for youth organizers. Uh, I ran it through a political action committee in the 1970s and created the Leadership Institute in 1979, and we did just this school. But that was 40 years ago, right. and we have, added, we have added on the different types of training that we offer. Leadership Institute now offers 48 different types of training programs. Good heavens. Uh, all of them about how to be effective in government, politics, and the news media. I look for people who are already reasonably conservative, and I teach them how to organize, how to fundraise, how to manage a campaign, how to get good public relations, how to appear well on television. Uh, the Leadership Institute was the, the first uh, conservative organization that focused primarily on teaching people skills and techniques. There are many other foundations that do good work in teaching about issues and philosophy and public policy questions, but I decided what I could do best would be to find people who already have their heads screwed on right and and teach them how to be effective for their conservative principles. So we've, we've, uh, we've trained over 230,000 people in the last 40 years. Good Evans. I'm told that, uh, when, uh, in 2010, I believe it was, uh, when, when Obama lost literally hundreds, maybe a th over a thousand, uh, down, you know, uh, lower races, uh, throughout the country down ballot races, that's correct. Down, down ballot races that, um, it was basically, uh, a deluge of leadership Institute trained candidates that, that did, that did it to him. Is, is that true? Well, it was not just a lot of people that I had trained to, who became candidates. You may remember that uh, in 2009 or 2010, there, there was a, a big movement called the Tea Party Movement. Right. Uh, there, were th there were three national organizations, each one of them aspiring to be the national Tea Party organizations, and a couple of other smaller regional groups, all of them independent of each other. And, uh, and so since I was in a position to do training, I had my staff contact the leadership of all these groups. There were, there were five of them that we offered to help. And some of them were saying, well, will you, you train only for our group? And I said, no. I'm looking to train people who are conservative, and if you gather people together, I'll bring a faculty and do training. So we did training uh, for all of those groups and trained hundreds and hundreds of people who wanted to be effective in the 2010 elections, and and it worked out very well, I'm happy to say. And the, these groups, which wanted to have a monopoly of our training. I said, no, I'm not, right. I'm, I'm here. To, I aim to build a movement, not an empire. And let's increase 
the number and the effectiveness of conservative activists and leaders, and that will have an impact on the elections. Right. What, you know, we, we have this uh, election coming up this year. Uh, many are saying that uh, the Democ- it's going to be a blue wave and uh, you've, you've got uh, uh, people who are expressing dissatisfaction with Trump, maybe the way they think that he's handled the, the coronavirus and, uh, and various other things. Uh, judging by people that you have trained and uh, um, just your general outlook on, on what's going on, what, what w- would your thoughts be about the upcoming election? Well, there's no question but that the, the major news media spend 24 hours a day attacking Donald Trump. <laughs> but this isn't the first time. Th- that, that happened four years ago. And Trump was, uh, at this point in 2016, in the national polls, further behind than the current national polls. Uh, I think that, that just like in 2016, there are a whole lot of people who, because of this media attack, are reticent to admit that they are for Trump. So I think it's possible that Trump could win even better in 2020. It's, I, mean, it's, I, I can't predict that for sure. But I believe, Tom, that the left has overreached. I don't think the American people are comfortable with these riots, with these burning down of businesses, with, with the looting, with the beating up of people. Uh, and uh, American people are not going to stand for anarchy. Uh, and uh, and so I, I think that law and order candidates, and Trump surely will be a law and order candidate uh, in the fall, I think. I think they're likely to do very well. I can remember in the late 60s uh, and the uh, the early 70s, there was a, a lot of unrest uh, on campus. In fact, I remember that leftists at the University of Kentucky burned down the ROTC building. Right. It was a, it, I, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, I think I was around 12. Uh, that might have happened in 1968. Um, I, I believe it did. I believe it did. It was a Quonset hut. Uh, it was one of the old army style uh, Quonset huts. I'm amazed that the thing caught on fire. Somebody threw a Molotov cocktail on it and it just disintegrated into flames. Nobody was hurt. But uh, I was in school at uh, Sayer School, which is a downtown school. And, uh, we were told not to, you know, our parents were told to drive around the area and, and that sort of thing. And it, it seemed to just the, the riots at the university of Kentucky, um, didn't seem to be as violent and as grisly as they've become, uh, recently, uh, of course, you were there. You were an adult in the '60s, and uh, you can. Uh, but but is your sense that uh, 
it seems a little worse right now than it was in the 60s? Well, there were a lot, there was a lot of violence. It was largely anti-war violence, but the, the end result was that in 1968, uh, Richard Nixon got elected president of the United States. Well, don't you think that the Democrat convention in Chicago was the thing that uh, kind of oh, yeah. tipped that over towards him? It, I, I, there's no doubt that it helped. But don't you believe, Tom, that the left is going to be violent repeatedly? Yeah, they always but, have but, been. But, well, look, uh This coronavirus problem, which I refer to as the red Chinese virus, uh, (laughs) it's screwed up a lot of things, including the national conventions. Yes. Um, And and I'm a delegate to the 2020 Republican National Convention. I've, I've actually attended every Republican National Convention since... 1964, when I was Barry Goldwater's youngest elected delegate in the nation. Right. We, I, we had I, a discussion about that because in 64, I was eight years old and we used to run over to the uh, Republican headquarters that wasn't far from my school and get the bumper stickers that said AUH2O on them. Remember yep, those? Yeah. Well, I was in Louisiana, and we had that button too. But we we also had a button, a a bumper sticker in French, which read "Allons avec l'odeur," which translates "Let's go with Goldwater." <laughs> it seems like back then people had a little more sense of humor about things. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, you were talking. But, but, about- I, I I fully expect that when they they have the second segment of the Republican National Convention, which will be in, in Charlottesville, and that's where all the delegates will be present, um, uh, that the left is not going to sit quietly by and let that uh, uh, convention proceed w- without violence. Yeah. It, it's... It, it's, uh, it's- I, re- I remember the 1970 convention which uh, the Republicans which was in Miami Beach Miami Beach was filled with radicals demonstrating tearing up things uh, and uh, the police had to come and break up these crowds with tear gas and uh, it, it was vicious stuff that's the first time I ever smelled tear gas was there in Miami Beach at the 72 convention right well you know, I I have not been politically aware. Uh, I, I've been in the securities industry for the last forty three years, and and but began began to get more politically aware all oh, within the last fifteen years. Um, you know, because I was always told that um, you don't uh, if you're in the investment business, you don't take a public stand because you might run off customers. But I found that it is actually better to take a public stand. It's actually helped our business, uh, for me to talk about these things. And I'm amazed at, uh, wall street and the cowardice, uh, they just put money on the candidate they think is going to win. And a lot of times it, no regard for, uh, 
principles, and the business community in general does that. But but we have seen many demonstrations that money alone doesn't uh, turn the tide. Uh, Hillary Clinton spent enormously more than Donald Trump and the Republican Party uh, four years ago. And everybody thought she was going to win, but having probably twice as much money as the Trump campaign did, didn't get her elected. No, it didn't. I've seen it happen numerous times where money just didn't do it. Exactly. All right. My wife is telling me it's go ahead. Take it. Elizabeth. We're going to go to a commercial break in just a minute. You are listening to the Tom Dupree show with Morton Blackwell coming to you. And he is with the leadership Institute coming to you from the Dupree financial group studios in Lexington. And Mr. Blackwell is in Arlington, Virginia. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Real stories. Violent crime. We need a police force. Open the schools. Now is surging back up. Jobs closer to the election. Happening in real time. Exactly what happened. This is real life. This is very real. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Are you interested in keeping your business local? At Dupree Financial Group, we don't share a large percentage of our revenues with a big firm in New York or elsewhere that has a corporate agenda that doesn't include Kentucky. And because we keep our revenues local, we are able to invest in our local research and client service efforts. We believe the investment business is best when it is personal and local. For a free analysis of your retirement investment portfolio, call us at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, please be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings from 7 to 9 at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and dupreefinancial.com. Did you hear that David Horowitz, author of the new book Blitz, is predicting more protests against President Trump this summer? In Blitz, Horowitz is warning that Antifa wants to stop Trump at any cost. Blitz is already a number one Amazon bestseller. All this week, tune in every night at 7 p.m. Eastern to Greg Kelly Reports on Newsmax TV as Greg goes behind the scenes with Horowitz to find out the real agenda of Antifa and other radical groups. Newsmax TV ratings are up 200%, and it's already the fastest-growing cable news channel in America. Find Greg Kelly on Newsmax TV. Everyone carries us. DirecTV 349, Dish 216, Xfinity 1115, Spectrum, Cox, Optima, 102, Uverse 1220, Fios 615, Suddenlink 102, Mediacom 277, Wow, Armstrong, and more. And don't forget to get Blitz at bookstores or check out the free offer from Newsmax and save $28. Just call 800 Newsmax, 800 Newsmax, or go to blitz411.com, blitz411.com. Hey, it's Tony Vanetti from the Tony and Dwight Show. As Kentuckians, we're getting back on the road and traffic is increasing. Law enforcement's going to be out this summer during the Blue Lights Across the Bluegrass campaign. The goal always is not to write tickets, but to save lives. So let's do our part. Obey the speed limit. Drive sober. Buckle up and put your phone down. Spare yourself a ticket and possibly a life. Be safe, Kentucky. A message for the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. This is the Kentucky News Network. 
Kentuckians now are expected to wear a mask when in a public place or outdoor public area where social distancing is difficult to help stop a recent rise in COVID-19 cases. The state saw 426 new cases Friday with eight new deaths. The governor says a court challenge out of Scott County doesn't impact his order, which is still in effect for the next 30 days. Local health departments will be tasked with enforcing the mask mandate. The Lexington-Fayette County Health Department says it was expecting this move, especially as cases increased significantly in the county and across the state recently. Kevin Hall with the health department tells WKYT. So when you wear your mask out in public, you're telling that business owner, I want to support you. I want you to be able to stay open. It's a good message for everyone. Hall is also asking people to be patient with one another when it comes to masks. He says store employees are just doing their jobs by asking people to put them on. I'm Suzanne Duvall. I'm Sean Gallagher. This is the Kentucky News Network. Text message claims there's a problem with your FedEx delivery. Hi, I'm Rihanna Smith-Hamlin with the Better Business Bureau. The fake text addresses you by name and asks you to click on a link to set delivery preferences for your package. The message could also arrive via email. Some consumers say the link takes them to a survey which asks for personal information. FedEx will not send unsolicited messages requesting money or personal information. If something seems suspicious, contact the company directly. For more tips, go to BBB.org. Hey, it's Tony Vanetti from the Tony and Dwight Show. As Kentuckians, we're getting back on the road, and traffic is increasing. Law enforcement's going to be out this summer during the Blue Lights Across the Bluegrass campaign. The goal always is not to write tickets, but to save lives. So let's do our part. Obey the speed limit. Drive sober. Buckle up. And put your phone down. Spare yourself a ticket and possibly a life. Be safe, Kentucky. A message for the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. It is a much better looking and feeling day across the area than what we've had for the past week. On this Saturday, a mix of sunny clouds, lower humidity and temperatures into the low and mid 80s. Soak it up. We'll see another cold front into town on Sunday with some strong thunderstorms that will go up as the day wears on. It's windy, low 80s, comfortable air on Monday, low 80s again with some sun. Have a great weekend from the WKYT First Alert Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeartRadio Station. iHeartRadio's new podcast, Popcorn Book Club, is the podcast version of that book club you've been meaning to start. Five friends get together every week to chat about a book that's being adapted into a movie or TV show. Can we just all say our favorite Ruffalos? My Ruffalo <laughs> of preference is from uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless uh, Mind. The glasses. A good yeah. Ruffalo. Read the book or don't. It's not English class. Just join the club and listen to Popcorn Book Club on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're stressed, you just don't feel like yourself. New Natrol Relaxia, a full line of drug-free supplements to help you manage occasional stress and anxiety. A special blend of herbals keeps you feeling calm and balanced throughout the day. Because when there's less stress, there's more you. Try new Natrol Relaxia. Learn more at relaxiamood.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is a paid advertisement for legal services sponsored by attorney Andrew Van Arsdale, San Diego, California. I'm attorney Andrew Van Arsdale. If you were sexually abused as a member of the Boy Scouts, please listen up as this message is for you. The Boy Scouts of America have filed for bankruptcy, which means you must come forward to file a claim before November 16th, or you may lose your right to hold them accountable forever. Call Abuse and Scouting right now for a free confidential consultation. 
Call 800-849-0325. That's 800-849-0325. 800-849-0325. 630-WLAP. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. With us today is Morton Blackwell of the Leadership Institute in Arlington, Virginia. And here's our host, Tom Dupree. Um, Morton, uh, you were talking earlier about statements that uh, this group Antifa has made where they they wanted to squelch any... uh, conservative voices on college campuses. It's interesting. I saw some uh, uh, testimony uh, before Congress the other day. Uh, I don't know who it was, but it was one of the Democratic congressmen actually saying that Antifa does not exist. And I I don't remember uh, who this character was, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I saw the clip where he basically read saying there is no such thing as Antifa. Well, there definitely is an Antifa, and uh, they have terrorized uh, a good many people. And, you know, they've made this comment about uh, college campuses, which is where you do a lot of your training. Uh, your, Your thoughts on that? Well, it was in the fall of 2016, that there were statements from Antifa that they were going to stop speakers that uh, were, quote, fascist, meaning anybody who is conservative wants to talk about free market, about traditional values, whatever. And they began to do it. And they began to to prevent and disrupt public programs on college campuses. So I invited the heads of 14 different national organizations that are either conservative or free market oriented uh, to come to a meeting here at the Leadership Institute. We met on February 1st, uh, 2017. And I told those folks that things have changed in recent years. Number one, through the efforts of my Leadership Institute, which does a lot of field work organizing campus groups, and through the efforts of these other groups, some of which have significant efforts organizing new groups. I said there are today thousands more conservative and free market-oriented local campus clubs on campuses across America than there were just a few years ago. I said, and, and that's really good news. The second thing that's happened is last fall, Antifa said that they were going to break up and prevent conservative speakers uh, on on campuses, and they proceeded to do it. And the public outrage against that is great. And I said, I can tell you that the, the direct mail fundraising of my Leadership Institute is doing better, did better last fall than it ever had before. And it's not because we're suddenly a lot better than we used to be in direct mail. It's that the public is outraged. Right. So I said, I have, a, I have a plan for you. I suggest that we all agree that we will work with all of the local active conservative or free market groups and students that we know of on campus and 
get them all to agree to dramatically increase the number of public programs that they present to fellow students on their campus. I said, now, if we certainly have the power to do this, and it's not terribly expensive. It doesn't have to all be big name conservative speakers. You just announce somebody with conservative credentials coming to speak. The left is going to, in some cases, attempt to prevent that. I said, so let us be prepared every time we do this to have a significant number of conservative students there at the event with smartphones and have them catch on video these thugs as they destroy property and beat up people and do things that are illegal. I said, and I, I had at the meeting, I said, I have here two representatives from wonderful legal defense groups that have promised that if evidence can be gathered that is sufficient, they will file civil suits against these thugs. Uh, and you don't need cooperation of the school administration or the local district attorney or the police to file a civil suit. Anybody can file a civil suit. So let's catch these thugs in, in, in action and bring them into court and make them pay, literally pay. So that began in September of 2017. How did it work? There, we've had more than 8,000 public programs presented by local conservative campus groups, uh, 8,000 of them. And 230 times the left came and demonstrated sometimes terribly uh, disruptive and beating up people and, and destroying property. Uh, there have been 34 lawsuits filed some of them are still pending. In some cases, uh, criminal actions are still pending, and the civil suits will come after they d deal with the criminal cases. But there have been a lot of victories. There have been eight victories where the civil courts have given financial uh, damages to these student victims, either for the damage uh, th that they did to, to the victims themselves or to property or to the legal uh, expenses of these victims. And today, the total amount of financial awards against these thugs is a little over $766,000. Now, the Leadership Institute has a well-known campus news website. It's the biggest campus news website in the country. It's called Campus Reform, and I'd encourage your people to, to look at it because we expose leftist abuses and bias on campus and produce several news stories every day. I've seen the website. Uh, it's an excellent one. Is and, that, is that and, .org or is that .com, the website? Uh, it's it's campusreform.org. Uh, Okay. But you just can Google for campus reform and it, it comes up uh, easily. So we publicize these cases and at various stages of these legal cases where these legal defense groups, and there are now five legal defense foundations that are representing 
student victims of this, they publicize it. And there have been 34 of these suits filed since September of 2017, but only four of them were filed in the fall of 2019. Uh, The vast majority were in the previous two school years. And I think, and for fact, I know that the left watches our website. And I think many of these folks have concluded that they don't want any of that cheese. They <laughs> figure that they they will have to, to to pay literally and personally pay. Now I don't know that that's going to carry on for this coming fall because all of the violence that the left has been doing in the streets and uh, uh, parks in America uh, isn't going to encourage the left to resume this level of violence on campus. But if they do, they should know that there are going to be a lot of, of conservatives around there with smartphones to catch what they do, and we'll be ready to take them to court in a civil suit, uh, regardless of what the local politicians have to say about it. Well, in the During the break, we talked just briefly uh, about a few things, and one of the things that um, really is concerning to me in today's political climate is the quality of candidates that are that are coming forth. You know, and you being a, a young conservative leader training platform, how how do you attract um, young leaders when? It's really a contest of who lies the least as opposed to who has the most integrity. Well, it's not true that every person in politics is a scoundrel. I don't uh, know. <laughs> I, you, you, you might think so, but I can, I can tell you, since I, I, I work with a rising generation of conservatives, there are many people who reach young adulthood with their heads still screwed on right, whether it's parental influence, church influence, grandparents, a neighbor, or they got hold of a good book somewhere that uh, persuaded them uh, to be conservatives. And And most people are politically apathetic, but we need to find those people who already support conservative principles and make them effective. And there's some really outstanding new people. There's a young man that I'm sure you've seen on television repeatedly. He's a freshman congressman from Texas named Dan Crenshaw. You would recognize him because he, uh, he's a wounded veteran and, and wears a patch over yeah. one eye. Right, I've seen he, him. He is dynamite. Yes. Uh, Dan, Dan Crenshaw heard about the Leadership Institute that we teach people how to be effective in, in politics. And he went to one of our schools and he just absorbed what we had to teach him like a sponge. He loved it. And he came back to, to six other different schools. So he, before he was elected to the Congress, he went to seven different Leadership Institute training programs. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we had 40 or 50 or 150 people as principled and as competent as Dan Crenshaw elected? So it's not an easy thing to do because really high quality principled people don't grow on trees. You've got to go looking around uh, for them and recruit them and persuade a conservative that 
he or she has an obligation to study how to win. It's not enough just to be right. You've got to know how to organize and communicate, and raise funds, and be effective. And if you are prepared to study those skills, you're going to have a much better chance of winning elections. So it, it, that's what I'm in business to do, and we greatly support uh, and, and, uh, those people that we find, and we get financial support from conservatives who agree with our vision to increase the number and effectiveness of conservative activists and leaders. Did you guys uh, train Candace Owens? Candace Owens, the, the black owl who yeah. we used to work for Turning Point USA. I know her. Uh, we've done a lot of training for Charlie Kirk, who brought her into politics. I don't know if Candace has ever attended our okay. schools, but she is certainly uh, articulate and vivacious oh, man. and yeah. charismatic. Yeah. I just, based on what you were saying, it sounded a lot like what I hear her say. That the show, her face popped into your head yeah, with the description. Yeah, I did. Uh, and, which brings me to my next question, which is, Part of the training would have to be how to deal with the media because the media puts such a great spin and paints a picture that they want the public to see. And if you don't look under the hood too closely, you'll believe, you know, whatever they tell you. And very often it is either a, a little bit of the story or, an, or they completely slant it so that it doesn't even resemble the story. How do you teach a young politician how to deal with that? Well, we have schools that, that focus just on that, a TV communications school to teach people who are going into politics how to appear well on television. And shortly after he got elected to the Congress, um, I became acquainted with Congressman Mark Meadows, and he went to, to our training school, TV communications, as who, as have dozens of other uh, members of, of the Congress. And Mark uh, will tell you, that, and he's told people publicly about how valuable our training was. And, of course, he's, he's now chief of staff to Donald Trump in the White House. Right. So he would have to uh, – th there's a woman, the new one that – Trump has that's can talk a mile a minute. Uh, McElhenney, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I don't know where she got her training, but she runs over. She she runs over him pretty hard. And and yeah. like Elizabeth says, that the media will will spin it to uh, to to any extent to get their side of the story out there, or what or what the, the spin that they want on things. That's right. But you, you, t you talked well, about how you train them. Excuse me. No, I'm just going to say we, we are we are not dependent on left wing major media to get our communications out. I mean, we have people, wonderful people like you doing podcasts and you've got an audience uh, there. Talk radio uh, people, the conservatives dominate talk radio. I mean, the, the left right. doesn't have any, anybody with the audience that uh, Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin 
and Ben Shapiro and Laura Ingram, and I, I could go on. Uh, we can communicate. We've got direct mail. We've got online communications. When I got started in politics, working for Barry Goldwater, conservatives couldn't communicate with each other. We had to get all of our message out through a filter of CBS, NBC, ABC, the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time and Newsweek magazine. And it wasn't until direct mail came along in the middle 1960s that conservatives actually could, in mass uh, events, uh, communicate to each other. So I think conservatives are in better position to communicate now than we used to be. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think that the reading comprehension level of the public is just not what it was in, say, the 1960s. Because I have a stack of old U.S. News and World reports from the 60s that I dig into every now and then. And there was more substance. I think you can attribute that to the educational system over the last 50 years and how it has wandered away from, you know, your more hard subjects and uh, a, a deeper uh, study of the English language, for instance, than it does today. And oh, there, 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 there's no doubt about it. The attention span is not as long uh, as it as as it used to be, uh, the teachers are not doing their jobs, and it's not just that they're not teaching people how to read and write. Uh, it's almost impossible for somebody to go through the average public school and ever hear from the teachers, or ever see in a textbook any reason to love our country. That's right. I mean, it's it's all savage attacks on our country. Yeah, the left has definitely infiltrated the uh, educational system. And, and uh, this all started, as I'm told, back in the late 50s, early 60s. And there were various things that happened. But uh, um, so that's another thing um, to get the political candidates to deliver a message that's cogent and uh you know, substantive, but can be understood by the average person who doesn't read or speak as well as they did 50 years ago. And also be found where the average person is too. Right. Wherever that is, whether that's social media, whether it's television, you know, the, the radio is a great platform for conservatives, but not everybody listens to talk radio. So they do listen to this show. Oh, you bet. (laughs) They're smart if they do. Yes. Well, um, we appreciate what you're doing. And uh, I want to just make an appeal to listeners. Uh, The the website is um, leadershipinstitute.org. Is that correct? That's our institute's main website. You can learn about our programs there. Uh, and we have another really big website, uh, campusreform.org, which we yeah. talked about earlier. Right. If you'd like to donate, and I advocate in this day and age, donating 
to organizations that do good work in in terms of uh, keeping our country free uh, and and uh, making our country uh, uh, live up to what it was designed to. Uh, I believe this is an organization that you can uh, easily give to Morton. I want to thank you for for being on the show today, and thank you for your dogged determination and many years of work in this area and continuing to do so. Well, Tom, it's a real pleasure for me to be with you. And I can tell you that I am happy at my work. It is wonderful to find good young people who are principled and who are willing to not only to learn how to organize and communicate, but who keep their principles once they're successful. We thank you so much for being with us, and uh, we appreciate your time. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Stay tuned for the next hour where we'll touch on what's going on in the financial markets. This is Dupree Financial Group on Main Street. Real stories. Violent crime is skyrocketing. We need a police force. Real events. Open the schools. Now we're surging back up. Real life. We can't shut the economy down again. Jobs. Sports. Money in their paychecks. He's not changed anything. Closer to the election. Happening in real time. At the top end, 30 minutes past the hour. Exactly what happened. Really, really important. This is real life. Real life. This is very real. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree at Dupree Financial Group. Are you tired of your financial institution being closed? That the only way you can communicate with your advisor is through a computer? At Dupree Financial Group, we're doing in-office, face-to-face meetings at your option with our clients and prospects. The volatility and uncertainty of today's financial markets is enough but it adds insult to injury when you can't visit with your advisor personally. Well, with us, you can. For a free analysis of your retirement investments, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings from 7 to 9 on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and dupreefinancial.com.